Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, June 18th, 2021. I am your host, Marcus Nez, and today I've got quite a few games to talk about, including Chivalry 2, Rogue Book, Carnivores, Colon, Dinosaur Hunt, Sun, Wukong vs. Robot, Empire of Angels 4, Boris the Rocket, Off and On Again, and Super Soccer Blast colon America versus Europe. There's a lot of stuff to talk about. And of course, I won't talk about all of them to such extensive degrees. But before I get to all that I've been playing, some stuff happened since the last show. A little thing called E3 happened. And it uh, it was okay. Microsoft and Nintendo had good showings, and then everyone else was varying degrees of meh with maybe an interesting announcement here and there, though I'm trying to think off the top of my head if anything was interesting and nothing is coming to mind. I don't know what was at Capcom. I didn't watch that one. There there were quite a few shows that I didn't end up watching, and Square Enix was kind of a shit show. And and that may do that may do that may be due to them holding things off for Sony's thing whenever that happens. But yeah, I liked a lot of Microsoft's show, even though I feel like a fair amount of it was just cinematics and not actual gameplay, which is fine. I I don't really need gameplay per se. It's nice. But whatever. I think I'm just past the point of really caring or getting excited about games. Which is a weird thing to say. But eh, I'm like, okay, when it comes out, it'll come out. I'll play it. Or more likely, when it comes out, I'll get it the first time it's on sale for like 50% off. Still not play it and eventually get around to it. And then make content for it with Attack the Backlog. Because that's just what I do now. I mean, I was always playing games way after the fact because I don't get games at launch. And then I just am so overcome with games and games and more games that playing games day one is a very rare thing for me. Unless it's a series, a game I am so unbelievably excited for or have a lot of love for. Like with the Hitman game, which I bought on day one, which is, I think, the last game I did buy on day one. And prior to that, I don't know what it would be because I always buy games for my dad on day one so call of duty whatever the last one was was it it was a modern warfare it's cold war cold war got that one on day one of course yeah i don't know what else but uh forza horizon 5 looked very good but all i thought when i was watching it was man if nothing else i think we can all rest assured this is something we already knew and expected based on playgrounds past delivery of their games and how well they've done not how well they've done the the quality of their games from a visual standpoint if nothing else we know that the next fable game is going to look incredible when they go off into a, a bit of a gameplay demo and show you this forested area i was like man fable is gonna look incredible who knows how it's gonna play because playground has no experience on that side of things, I can't remember if they were created for Horizon specifically or if they existed prior to Horizon and then 
became the Horizon team. I think it's the former that they were created for the Horizon brand of Forza games. But the new the new Fable game is going to look fantastic, and it's probably going to run incredibly well. But it's just a matter of can they will they be able to make compelling gameplay that's not related to driving i'm sure they've got a lot of new talent for that specifically but i'm excited about that even though we saw none of it we got an outer worlds 2 announcement with a cheeky trailer that was fine grounded being uh, not announced as it's 1.0 yet but the next big update june 30th i believe they are finally finally adding achievements which is all i needed i don't need 1.0 i just needed achievements so i'm very excited about that that'll be an attack the backlog game for sure when that happens because i've just been i've been dying to play that and that could be a fun one to do because i've never done <laughs> i've never done an early access game for attack the backlog so it could be fun to have a two-parter where it's grounded version whatever and then returning to it with another episode when 1.0 launches probably early next year i'm guessing it'd be around spring i would just assume so i'm excited about that flight simulator coming on july i don't know late july july 29th somewhere around there is very exciting and they announced a free expansion of top gun stuff so you'll be able to fly around jets which is cool i mean you're not gonna be shooting anything but to be able to fly around in a jet across the world will be awesome because that happens every now and again in the city and stuff where you have like the blue angels all fly in downtown chicago in preparation of the the air and water show and stuff like that and i know my Dad is just going to love the hell out of that. So I can't wait for that to come out. And it makes me it makes me kind of want to purchase... Well, if it runs well on the Series S, then I would want to get a Series S for my dad for Flight Sim. But I kind of just want to get him a Series X for that game alone. I think there were some talks about the game running on Xbox One consoles via cloud stuff. I don't know. I, I don't remember any of that. I just know that they didn't mention Xbox One as a native platform, which makes sense because there's no way in hell that game would run on a, an Xbox One, even on Xbox One X. They, maybe at the lowest settings, but then why are you even playing it? Because those games, flight simulator games, are just, they're about visual fidelity more than anything. And it's not about I was going to say it's not about performance. It is about performance, but I think 30 frames per second is more than enough because you just you want it to look as good as possible. So 30 as opposed to 60, I don't think will be as noticeable too because you're, you are moving fast, but because you're in the sky or whatever, it, it's not the same sensation as on ground. Or of course, with the top gun planes, it'll be very different. Then there was... Uh, a game called Atomic Heart, which is what I thought was the Outer Worlds 2 first before it was revealed to be Atomic Heart, which I guess was announced a while ago or whatever. But I really liked that trailer because it had this fun Euro whatever music going on in it. And that's a big part of why I like that trailer. Stalker 2 looks incredible. I love that series. Excited to play that when it comes out, which reminds me that the 
latest Metro game just got updated or I don't, I, I don't know if it's getting updated very, very soon or if it did just get updated, but the change from the old version to the one enhanced for the series consoles is one of the biggest jumps to date that I've seen. And it makes me want to play it, but then I haven't played Last Light, so I want to go back and play that, even though I don't really know about any story relations amongst the three games in the Metro series. Then there was Replace, which looks cool, but some of the camera shaking and stuff like that, if it is part of the actual gameplay, looks to be a bit jarring and motion sickness inducing for certain people, but visually interesting. Uh, there was what else the, the the one last thing Redfall or whatever it is from Arcane Austin the Prey team it it looked dumb to me but then I hear what it's actually about or that it looks like Left 4 Dead with vampires I'm like whatever just another Left 4 Dead game but then apparently it's an open world thing with more going on some immersive sim crap and I'm like okay if it if it is what you're saying it is, that sounds way more interesting than what you showed. Because that trailer, which was a pure cinematic, very long, too long trailer, did not get me excited about the game at all. It's like, okay, this is the one last thing. And I was really enjoying the show, but then it kind of deflated with this overlong cinematic that just looked like yet another Left 4 Dead game. So I, I, I don't think that was a good way to end the show. I think maybe if they showed some gameplay or... or Gave us something more. I don't know. But was there other stuff there? Oh, yeah. Hades coming August 13th is very exciting. But it's on sale for $17.50 on the Switch right now, which is its cheapest price to date because it usually only went on sale to 20 bucks, I believe. And I'm looking at that and I'm like, I've been waiting this whole time for it to come to Xbox, to be announced for Xbox. And now I'm seeing it on sale on Switch. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I kind of want to buy it now. I think it's just that I know... It's soon coming upon us on Xbox that I can't wait to play it. And that's making me way more antsy than when we didn't know for sure that it was coming to Xbox. And of course, it's coming to PlayStation as well. But it'll be a day one Game Pass games. There were 30 games on the Xbox showcase, 27 of which are coming to Game Pass. The ones that aren't were Far Cry 6, Battlefield 2042, and something else. I don't know. But... Yeah, it was a good showing. Halo, they didn't show any of the single player, which I expected. Multiplayer looks fun. Starfield, they just showed an in-engine thing, which looks nice. It, it looks like it's going to be the most serious thing they've done. Hard sci-fi, very... I, I, I look at it and I'm thinking, this could be a really cool like love letter to space. And all that that could end up being really surprising. Uh, I'm I'm very hopeful for it, but we you know very little about it other than it's coming out. Currently, the the date is eleven twenty two twenty two eleven eleven twenty two. But yeah, Doom Eternal getting an HDR, not HDR, but a ray tracing update, sixty FPS on Series X and a uh, hundred and twenty. Up to 120 frames per second mode as well. Yeah, I know. I know this is super exciting. Just hearing me try and remember what happened 
But you know, the the timestamps are there for a reason. That's why I put them in there so that I can just vamp and I, I don't care. I don't feel bad about any of this horse manure. I'm trying to think. I feel like there's something else. A Plague Tale, Requiem, super excited for that. And then in the extended showcase, which was kind of shit, they had an extended showcase yesterday, Thursday, that was just deep dives on most of the stuff they showed during the regular showcase, but deep dives that left me not feeling like I gained much new knowledge. I watched the whole thing. I think it was like two hours, and I don't feel like I really gained much of anything. The design lab is back, which is cool, but I think they should allow you to design your own elite controllers. But they announced there an upgrade for a Playtale Innocence, which I did go back and contact the, the PR4 to get clarification, and then they ended up tweeting this as well it is going to be a free update for people who own the original version for xbox one and playstation 4 which is nice but any excuse to replay that is fine by me because i think that's one of the best games of the last five years definitely one of the most surprising games of the last five years and yeah no no acquisitions though i am i do feel like Avalanche is probably a safe bet because of the game they're working on together. The Contraband, I think it's called, which opened with Xbox Game Studios in collaboration with Avalanche, which just makes it sound like, okay, the the, the fine print wasn't, or the, the dotted line wasn't signed just yet, so they can't say or call Avalanche Studios uh, an Xbox Game Studio just yet. But I'm assuming that Avalanche is very likely. IOI. IOI is iffy. They have that partnership with whatever game they're making, I guess. But then I feel like after what happened with Square and going out on their own, that they want to be independent in the same way that I feel like Remedy is a, a studio that I would just do whatever I could to pick up. But I feel Remedy is very adamant about staying independent. Could be wrong. And if I am wrong, fucking Microsoft... Screw everyone else. Get Remedy. Remedy is the number one studio I would go after. Uh, at least in terms of Western studios. If you're going after uh, Japanese studios, that's different. But even, even including Japanese students. To me, Remedy is number one. They're right up there with like... I mean, they're higher than Ninja Theory for me. But in terms of studios that I just absolutely adore, Remedy is number one. And I guess with Japanese studios, it'd be like Kojima which is a weird thing just because it's not like it's tried and true standard stuff, but weird offbeat things that may or may not end up finding an audience. But he is a creative visionary who makes his own shit, and you got to appreciate that. But yeah, the Microsoft showing was pretty good, and I'm sure I'm missing stuff because, again, there were 27... 30 things, 27 on Game Pass. And Nintendo surprised. Breath of Wild 2, they did show some of that. They made it sound like 2022 was a maybe for that game, which is a damn uh, for the people who are excited about that. No wording on a collection of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, which at this point I just have to assume is because they want Skyward Sword to come out first before they even mention it. 
in part because I'm assuming Wind Waker and Twilight Princess will be together as a package deal and they'll make Skyward Sword seem like an incredibly terrible deal and not worth the money. So there's potentially that. But I'm guessing it's just because they don't want to cannibalize those sales or the excitement for Skyward Sword. I would be surprised if we never get those games on Switch. That was a bit disappointing. However, they announced a new 2D Metroid, which looks okay. I'm not a fan of the visuals. I think people said they looked better in the deep dive at the treehouse. They did after the direct, but I didn't watch that. A new Advance Wars, well, a remake of the first two Advance Wars games was announced, and I'm very, very excited about that because I love Advance Wars. That was probably the, of the entirety of E3, seeing anything related to Advance Wars is probably the most surprising thing. I guess Metal Slug Tactics is still the most surprising thing because who the fuck would ever think that, like, that is something that is just, there's no precedent for it. So it's just like, what the hell is this? Whereas Advance Wars, it's a series. It's just that Nintendo seemed to not give a shit about it. And instead it was all about Fire Emblem. So it's cool that they're going back to that. New Mario Party, which I didn't realize during the Direct, is a re... I, I guess you remake technically, but it's the first three or two Mario Party games taking a handful of levels for from each of those and just remaking that, which could be fine, I guess. Yeah, it's it's whatever. New WarioWare game, never played any of those. I don't... I, I, I don't get the appeal of them on the TV, but again, the Switch can be played handheld. So, yeah, uh, people are excited about that. And then I think there was something else that people were excited about that I probably just didn't care about. Because, whatever. But it was, it, was a, it was a good showing, especially if you're a Nintendo fan, obviously. I mean, that, that's who their audience is. I, I, that's who they want to please. This is, that's who all these people are trying to please, fans of their crap. And for most people, I think they were pretty happy with how Nintendo turned out. I, I would have liked... I don't know what I would have liked. I think I'm just kind of out of love with Nintendo in general because it's just like, okay, the series I love are not going to ever get much of anything. Though, who knows, you know, with the the, the Advance Wars things, anything could happen. But I, I want more Punch-Out, even if it's just a re-release of the Wii one. I want more Kirby all the time. Give me Kirby every single second of the day. I... I do like Metroid, but I just don't like the way that one looks. So I'm, I'm iffy there. And yeah. I don't know. I don't know. They also announced a remake of the first two or three Super Monkey Ball games, which is cool. And that's coming to everything. I, I thought that was at first a Switch exclusive, but no, that's coming to everything. No Persona on Xbox. No Persona. The, I don't remember if there was a Sega show or not, but the lack of any type of Persona news was disappointing. Uh, and by that, I mean no Persona 5 on Switch or Xbox, no Persona 4 on any of the consoles still, no Persona 3 announced for PC. Like, just there's nothing, absolutely nothing. And I don't get that. 
there have been a lot of rumors about Persona on Xbox, which I didn't realize were a thing. We didn't hear anything about the potential Kojima Xbox thing. So, yeah. Overall, it was it was it was probably a good show just on the strength of Xbox and Nintendo alone. Everyone else is kind of a side dish anyway, so it, it really just mattered if those two delivered and I think both of them delivered pretty well. And it's going to be interesting to see what Sony does to react specifically to Xbox, what their what their state of play that I'm sure they'll have is going to do if it's just going to be, hey, here's a deeper dive on Horizon and a confirmation that it will be this year and some other stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Anywho, that's enough nonsense and rambling on. Let's get on to what I've been playing, starting with Chivalry 2. So the first one, which I think was subtitled Medieval Warfare, was a... PC game for the longest time. And then it eventually came to consoles, which is when I played it, and I just could not get into it. I I don't I feel like there's a term that I'm just forgetting, but I feel like this is a one of them like cult games that has this really dedicated audience and fan base. And yeah, it never quite reaches the masses, but it has its dedicated following. And Chivalry 2, I, I got a code for him playing on Xbox. And I, I really like it. The thing is, though, I don't, I don't know what kind of legs it has. There's not a lot to it in terms of types of modes you can play and, and what you can do. You have two different team-based things, one of like 64 players and one of 40 players, and then like a 30-player free-for-all. And I think that's it. The, the team-based ones have objectives you need to do. And that's it. In, in the games that I've been thrown into, there was never any variety to speak of that I could see. So in terms of what you're actually doing, there's not much there. And it's really just about the nonsensical way in which the physics and how you can interact with the environment and objects within the environment lead to these crazy scenarios. So what I love about Chivalry 2 and why I have fun playing it and why it's something I could see myself playing as a diversion here and there for just 15, 30 minutes at a time is that the physics and the humor of it are so ridiculous that I I just get a kick out of it. For instance... If you decapitate someone, you can pick up their decapitated head and throw it at another player. You can throw boxes at other players. You can pick up logs and throw them. You can throw your sword at someone and then pick it up and start attacking someone else. The combat is solid. So this is a medieval combat game. Swords, battle axes, lance-ish type of things, poles or whatever, and, and stuff like that. Some bows and arrows and crossbows as well. And it's pretty simple in that you have an overhand strike, a regular like side swipe, and then a thrust. And you can hold them to do more damage. And you have somewhat of like a rock, paper, scissor type of thing to counteract uh, an opposing player. You can kick them to break their defense and stamina system as well. That uh, 
factors in, but I, I feel like you have a fair amount of stamina and you don't have to worry about that usually. But the, the fun in it is just both partaking in and watching the nonsense happen and how people will fly when they get killed or lose a limb or jump and do some crazy ass thing and throwing things around and just people going crazy. I personally like the free for all mode the most because it is just wild with everyone after everyone else and and not teams getting in the way because there is friendly damage. It seems like they lower the amount of damage you do if you hit an enemy with an attack or you hit a, a friendly with an attack. But it's just I mean I don't think there's that much to say about it because if you, if you if you like sword fighting, first person sword fighting, you can go into a third person camera angle, which is fine. It's better than stuff like Bethesda games, so better than Skyrim and the like. But it's not the way I would ever choose to play the game. But it's just a good silly diversion. And and the real problem is I don't know what kind of legs it has. I don't know how long it'll remain on my hard drive as even that diversion of something that I can pick up for a match or two, 15, 30 minutes because it just is so simple and basic specifically in what modes are there and what there is to do. If there's more variety in the types of modes you could play, I I would be more inclined to recommend it wholeheartedly. But I think that definitely hurts it in the long run because it's just then it's all about the combat and how much you're enjoying that if you have friends to play with it it could probably help boost the longevity of it because then you could just enjoy the silliness of it together but it it plays well runs well controls well i feel like the first one didn't control that well with the controller because it wasn't made for that uh, initially and this one feels pretty good. The tutorial does a good job of teaching you how to control your characters and the intricities of the combat. But yeah, Chivalry 2 is a, a solid game. I enjoy it. It's fun. It's silly. And yeah, any game that allows me to decapitate someone and then pick up their head and throw it at another player is automatically going to be at least good if not great, my book. And, and Chivalry 2 is a good time. So yeah, worth checking out. And it's on, I, I'm assuming it's on PlayStation, Xbox, and PC. I don't know about a Switch version. Then Rogue Book is PC only, and it is another Slay the Spire clone, basically. I guess it was made, uh, I guess the systems were created, and maybe the story was by the creator of Magic the Gathering. I don't know. And the way it tries and differentiates itself from Slay the Spire, because the gameplay itself is so just ridiculously, is Slay the Spire. Like, it doesn't really try to add much of anything. I don't, I don't know if I could think of a single thing gameplay-wise that is different from Slay the Spire, which isn't a bad thing, but it just means it doesn't particularly stand out. And I think there's... Maybe a bit too much of a simplicity to the combat in terms of how you can deal with things. But what it does to differentiate itself is through the 
gameplay outside of combat. So instead of having your branching paths and just following that to get to the boss eventually, you instead are thrown into this small, relatively speaking, overworld thing. And you can reveal parts of the world by using ink that you get from defeating enemies. And you could probably purchase it from the the dude at the store. And you reveal parts of the map to open up areas to get to more battles, to find gold, items, health, etc. in the world. And you do all this so that you can build up your team's strength so that you'll be as strong as possible when you reach the boss of an area. And it's neat, but not interesting enough to be like, oh yeah, this 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 makes me want to play this over Slay the Spire. The, the addition or, or the ways they try and make the gameplay fresh outside of combat aren't good enough to make me want to say, you know what, I, I would pick this over Slay the Spire. Slay the Spire still gets the the win for me. And it's in part because I like the the cards that I've used in Slay the Spire more and, and the strategic way in which I can use them together. Not that it doesn't exist in Rogue Book, but it's just hard not to compare it to Slay the Spire when it's so, so adamantly the same thing. It's just... Uh, I appreciate it. like the the other game I mentioned a few shows ago that was very slightly inspired but took away some things. That isn't the case here. So you do see how much damage an enemy is going to do. You do see when they're going to defend themselves and all that kind of stuff when they're going to use a status effect. So you do get that information. And I like that because I think it's very important to know how much damage the enemy is going to do. Just knowing they're going to damage you doesn't do diddly squat but it just it is very good very well made i like the art a lot it looks very 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 good the art is great the art is just moi moi chef's kiss that's what people do right that's like the hot thing to do looks great looks fantastic and the the Combat is good. It's satisfying. It's fun. It just doesn't do enough to stand out from Slay the Spire in the ways it needs to. Yes, the stuff outside of combat is different, but I didn't care about that stuff enough to make up for the fact that the combat itself is very, very, very similar and just... I I don't even... I don't think it's... Like it seems like it's a little bit easier. I think that might be part of the problem is that the combat itself seems to be on the easier side and, and doesn't provide me with these harrowing battles that I felt like I would constantly get into in Slay the Spire where it's like, oh man, how am I going to get out of this? And I would constantly overcome these situations that, that felt unwinnable initially. And I don't get any of that from the time I put in Rogue Book. But... It's it's still a solid Slay the Spire. I'm not gonna call it a clone, but it just I it's a it's a solid deck building roguelike. And if you're itching for one, if you, if you've just worn out Slay the Spire and you just want something new, Rogue Book is a is a very good one of these. 
and it looks great. I believe it's from the Fairy team, which is why it probably looks so good because I remember that game looking really good. I, I, I think that was more of like a Magic the Gathering type of game, a card battling game. And yeah, that is again Rogue Book on PC. Then Carnivore's Dinosaur Hunt is a remake of a 1998 game, I believe, which was initially remade for mobile devices in 2010. And I'm guessing this is like a a remake of that or just a enhanced version of that. I don't know. And I never played the original nor the original iOS mobile remake. And what it is is trying to be more of a semi-dinosaur hunting game. So you go into an environment, and then you're tracking dinosaurs, and you'll find their weak spots, and you just hunt them. You claim your trophy, trophies, your trophies. You call in a giant drone to pick the carcass away and take it away, and you just go through these spaces and hunt dinosaur after dinosaur after dinosaur. And it's fine, but it's incredibly simple, incredibly easy. It looks okay. And based on the way it's set up and how you unlock new areas and items and all this stuff, it seems to be unbelievably grind focused. So it's just about going to an area and hunting the same dinosaur over and 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 over again until you've gotten enough trophy points or whatever to unlock the next area so you can do it all over again and you can upgrade your character improve their speed how quiet they are the amount of damage they do you can upgrade the guns as well you get new guns new equipment in general and it's it's fine like it it is a really solid casual hunting game where you're hunting dinosaurs instead of animals if that sounds like your jam it's probably going to be a good time. I, I think it's in the $15 range. And I I know that for me, at a different point in my life, I would have been all over it where I would have been super into the grind and just having this thing that I can just sit back and relax to because you don't, you don't have to think. It's not like, what is it? The Hunter Call of the Wild where you'll be tracking an animal for an hour or longer and then you'll miss a shot and you'll have to track them again for another hour. It's none of that. It's way more casual and casual friendly. You can track a dinosaur in a minute. You can rush it if you want and just chase after it while it's running away because the ones I've dealt with at least aren't that fast, not fast enough to get away from me as I'm chasing them and then shooting them. So, yeah. It's, it's fine. It's just... Super simple, super casual. Maybe that makes sense because of its lineage of being a 1998 hunting game. But it's uh, it's fine. I play that on Xbox as well. And uh, the rest of these are all Xbox. Yeah, just Roguebook is PC only. Sun Wukong vs. Robot is a Metroid-like. That feels very reminiscent of the very first Metroid. It's more zoomed out, but it's a side-scrolling Metroid game where you're going around this area, unlocking new places, getting new abilities, improving your character's skills and stuff like that. You have a basic, initially just basic sword attack, and then you get 
new abilities like this flinging ball thing. You'll fight against bosses. Pixel art. All the usual bullet points for a game like this. It's a rather like a game's joint. I don't think it's incredibly long. And I I don't have much to say about it other than it's it's well done. I like it. It plays well. It looks pretty good. It, it does the Metroid thing well. It's a solid little game. You know, it's $5 or whatever. On sale for probably $4 for another week or so. And I think that makes it a really easy sell if you like games like that because whatever you're not you're not going to lose a lot if you pick it up and for whatever reason it's not for you. But I think you will get more than your money's worth from Sun Wukong versus Robot. I I know like I'm, I mention this all the time with Rattlelike games, they are often attributed with just being the the easy achievement trophy studio developer publisher, and. That is very much the case. But at the same time, they do put out a lot of quality games that range from good to sometimes great. And I think this game, Sun Wukong vs. Robot, is at the very least good. But if I, you know, I, I, I want to put some more time into it because I've put in a fair amount, but I, I think maybe I'm about, I don't know, three quarters, not three quarters, two thirds of the way in, a half to two thirds of the way in. And I'm really liking it. Like in the end, this could be a great little game. And for $4, $5, whatever, it's an easy, easy recommend, an easy purchase. Go give it a shot. Then Boris the Rocket has you playing as Boris. I guess that's your name. I don't know. I I played a bit of this, and I quickly started losing interest. It's one of those games where... In the vein of, I guess, like Papers, Please, and stuff like that. But it is a first-person game... And what you're doing is you're tasked with shooting down missiles that are coming your way every day. And with each passing day, what you have to do gets more and more complicated and it gets more and more dangerous as you have to leave your little base and go out into the wilderness and then worry about cold and a bear and all this other stuff so they can get missiles to then shoot up at the other ones. You have to lock onto them, turn on the heat-seeking thing and make sure all these buttons and doodads are, are working. It starts off very, very simple where it's just like, here, load the missile, fire. Then the next day, okay, load the missile, make sure you turn on this system and then fire it. Okay, the day after that, load the missile, turn on this system, go over to this room and make sure you lock on to one of the incoming missiles, then go back and fire, etc. And it's just constantly building and building and building with each passing day. And so it's a game where you'll get overwhelmed pretty quickly and... That is something that may not be your jam. This is a game that is, it has its audience. And I think that audience knows who they are and they probably already know this game exists. And those who aren't in that audience probably would have no interest in this and shouldn't really bother. Because I don't think it's doing anything interesting story-wise or whatever to make people who might not be inclined to liking that style of gameplay or that style of pacing uh, enjoyable or whatever. Then off and on again is a platformer where in the description they're like, oh, this is a world where or a platformer where you are constantly destroying and recreating the environment and I guess that's technically the case but you're really just going around the environment. You turn switches on that will maybe create 
a barrier to this and remove one over here. And then you flip another switch that does the same thing and so on. And when you reach the edge of a certain part of a level, the next area will be created in front of you. And it physics wise and control wise, visually speaking, it, it feels somewhat inspired or reminiscent of the end series, which I do like. The jumping, though, does not feel as good. The animation isn't smooth. You're, you're a silhouetted male figure, it, it would appear. And the animations don't look bad. They just look like they're missing half their frames, which could look cool you know, if, if it's going for a stylized thing in that sense. But where it loses me is just in that the game mechanically doesn't feel that great. Wall jumping feels pretty shitty. I have I haven't experienced wall jumping this shitty since Super Metroid. <laughs> uh, and I actually think uh, there there was another game that I didn't like the wall jumping, but I I don't like the way the wall jumping feels. And I think some of the level design is just uh, it, it's I don't it, it is the game of these that I have the least amount of interest in and least amount of interest in continuing to play, even though I was a bit cold on Boris Rocket, it is still at least doing something different. It, it is a game that is one of those types of games, but uh, there aren't as many of those as there are platformers, which is what often on again at its core is. And then uh, Super Soccer Blast, America versus Europe, is a soccer game. And it's, uh, it's okay. The, the problem is, I, I think it controls pretty well. It looks all right with its cartoony aesthetic. The problem is, sometimes when you're on defense and you're trying to change your character to the closest player... It doesn't work. And this is something that happened every single time I played, two to three times per match on average. And it was frustrating because on the higher difficulties, that could lead to the difference between winning and losing because that duration of me not being able to switch to a close player would last between 15 and 30 seconds. Because usually you just press like the left bumper to switch to the closest character proximity wise to the the ball handler and i would press that and sometimes it just wouldn't do anything and then i would do what any other normal person would do i press every single button on the control i'm like something must be off let me just press everything and it wouldn't it wouldn't switch me to anyone on screen so i don't know what the problem is there i would imagine that that is something easily fixable and i would love to see that fixed but yeah, if we ignore that, it's a solid little arcade soccer game. Controls well enough. Um, good amount of varying difficulties, though the easiest one, when you see the cracks, you realize that it's just beyond baby mode and it's just there to make you feel good about yourself, basically, because there are times where I would pass the ball. And another problem is that sometimes the AI who you pass it to or who you wanted to pass it to doesn't really care that you tried passing it to them and they won't they won't receive the ball and you're just like okay well i i had no control over this so i don't know what i was supposed to do here but the ball will just be there and 
one of the opposing players will run up to it, stop a few feet away from it, and just stand there and wait for you to pick it up. And that is something that happens more often than you might expect on the easiest difficulties, just strictly speaking of the easiest difficulty. And when you realize that that's the case, it becomes like unbelievably easy. And there are plenty of times where you're just like, okay, I know how this this defense is going to work. I can just go through it. Maybe someone will try and take the ball away from me and maybe they'll knock it loose, but they won't then pick it up and you can just charge with any player and easily score goals. And I end up on the easiest difficulty, which is what I played for my first match. I you know, scored double-digit goals and just destroyed the other team. But the, the difficulty on the other ones is pretty solid. It's just that the the fact that there are these moments where you are unable to control a player for pretty long durations of time, uh, it really kills any potential enjoyment, at least that I got out of it. Because, like I said, I had instances where I couldn't change to any character within proximity to the ball handler, and then they were able to, in the time between me not controlling someone and eventually getting control of someone, they were able to score a goal. Or maybe I got control of a player at the very last second and was able to tackle them so they'd get a penalty kick and then they'd end up scoring the penalty kick. So that is a frustrating element of that. But if they can fix that, it's a solid little arcade soccer game. Better than what I remember the original Super Soccer Blast feeling like. I don't remember liking that, but I could be confusing that with one of the other Super Blast sports games or whatever that that brand is because I know they recently came out with that summer games whenever that compilation but uh yeah that is it as far as what I've been playing I, I am just about to wrap up Ration Clink going commando for attack the backlog and streaming that and man that has been one hell of an experience where I went from thinking it was pretty great to thinking it was only good to hating it now and I just kind of want to get it over with not kind of I do want to get it over with and it's a bummer I I have no idea how I'm going to go about tackling the script for that because I don't, I have such a wide range of emotions with it that it's just like, ugh, what, what do I say about this game? Because I don't want to be overly mean because I think there, there is a solid foundation there. But then at the same time, compared to games that were just bad from the get-go, and I never... It's not It's not right to say I didn't expect Alien Range to be good, but I just expected it to be a very simplistic, basic-ass game, and Ratchet is something I expected to be an incredible game, something I'd be like, man, this is one of the, not one of the greatest games of all time, but just like, I expected greatness from a Ratchet and Clank game, and to not get that is kind of mind-blowing, but at the same time, it just might be age really creeping in more so than anything, that at the time I would have loved it, but now with what we have... And, and stuff like the the Ration Clank 2016 remake and a Rift Apart, it just you you see, you see the advancements and and where things have changed. But um, yeah, can't wait to get that over with. And then I have no idea what I'm going to play after that. I feel like with Alien Rage and Going Commando being the last two games I played, and both being overall negative experiences, I need something that I am 100% confident I'll enjoy, so I might jump over to Kiwami, Yakuza Kiwami, and then, because I feel like I'll like Max Payne, because 
the reason why I dropped off of it initially years and years ago was because I was playing on the hardest difficulty and I get to some section that was frustrated and I, I just did that to myself. But if I played on the normal difficulty, I'm sure I would really enjoy it because I love that series. I love that character. But yeah, I, I might do Kiwami. But also, I, I have the time. I have the time to play something big. And maybe it's time to finally rip off that Band-Aid and start Tsushima. Because I have come to the realization that Sucker Punch is my favorite Sony studio. I love the slide games. I think they're the, the games from that era, the PS2 mascot era, that hold up the best. And the infamous games are all great. I think the story ranges in quality. And Cole, I believe his name was, is kind of a, a douchebag, especially in the second one. Uh, at least I remember not liking the second one's story. But they're super fun to play. And Tsushima is... If I look at every single Sony exclusive from the PlayStation 4 era, Tsushima might be the one I was and still am the most interested in playing. And I just haven't done it yet because it's a, it's a big game. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't feel like at any point I had the time to devote to it. But right now, I, I think I, I do. So that could be the one to play next. So yeah, that's uh, what's going on with Attack the Backlog. I, I was thinking about doing a, a little off-week audio-only podcast that I, I don't think I'd make that exclusive to Patreon or anything, but where I just talk about in-depth my experience with Attack the Backlog and how things are going. Like, because, for instance... With Alien Rage and then Ratchet and Clank going Commando, they are two very different experiences. But the way like, comparing them and my feeling towards them, I think could be interesting. But something I would never talk about in an episode. I wouldn't be talking about how I'm comparing my time with Going Commando and Alien Rage. One of them being a game I I didn't like from the get go, pretty much. That was like frustrating from start to finish. That really pissed me off, but then I, I, how I compare that to Going Commando, a game that I really liked in the beginning and just have grown to hate it more and more, and I've been way more salty about it as I play more and more, and just like, I think there could be fun uh, there, but we'll, we'll see. And then streaming has been great as well, enjoying that. I am officially a Twitch affiliate, so if you are an Amazon Prime member and you don't give your free prime sub to a Twitch streamer already, you know, just pop on to twitch.tv slash PX sausage and throw me that free sub. It'd be greatly appreciated. You know, you can follow me too. You never have to check out my streams. That's fine. You don't have to. And also if you want to check out my streams and you just lurk, you never chat. That's also fine. You know, it's, it's, it's all a learning process. It's all new to me. Uh, but yeah, that's a, uh, that's a, a thing. I'm still enjoying it. I'm at the point where when I started a stream, though, I still feel like, man, what, what, what steps am I missing? What am I forgetting? Even though I feel like I've streamlined everything and everything's set up so that I can just hit streaming and, and it'd be good to go. But I feel like I always have to like do more than I actually do at this point after all the time and work I've put into setting up my space and OBS and everything. So 
I need to just get to the point where I'm like, yeah, I don't need to do anything anymore. Everything's good to go. So, uh, yeah. Anywho, that is it for this here podcast. That is it. That is all. Uh, once again, I am Mark Ugenes. You all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, both of which are available on podcast services across the globe. Again, you can find me streaming over at twitch.tv slash PX Sausage. I stream almost exclusively Attack the Backlog games, but every now and again, I'll throw in something else. But mostly it's games I'm playing for Attack the Backlog. So if you want to watch me, play the games that I eventually make into 10 or so minute episodes. You can do that and have fun doing so maybe. And yeah, now that I'm an affiliate, you can't adjust the video quality, which I am so happy about. So if you are watching on mobile or wherever, and prior to this, you couldn't actually see anything because it kept buffering because you were stuck watching 1080p 60. That's no longer the case. You can go down to as low as like, 130 160p so that is the thing i'm most excited about after becoming an affiliate i've learned also that you can't remove like ads are just they're forced upon you for non-subs so sorry about that but uh yeah that is again twitch.tv slash px sausage and if you want to watch the more refined edited high quality video content i put out there you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage and watch some stuff there like subscribe hit that bell baby if you haven't already and of course if you'd like to check out the art i'm making go back to the site pixelatedsausage.com and check it out there if you see something you like you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way i also set up a very basic act ass merch store over at t public that just has a basic ass shirt design that you can also get i guess i think like stickers mugs whatever they just threw it on everything but it's just the pxs in the the font for the site name on the website or the pxs you see over at the youtube page and yeah just there because I, I use my profile picture for twitch now so that just that pxs you can get that on any color shirt you want it's nice and simple. Their shirts are comfortable. I, I think it's a decent shirt. So if you want to get a branded PXS shirt, there you go. I'll eventually throw some more stuff on there. But uh, for the time being, that's the only thing you can get from the merch store. But uh, yeah, that uh, will really do it for this year episode. So again, thank y'all for listening. I hope y'all enjoy this here episode and i hope you have a wonderful wonderful rest of your day bye-bye everyone no that's not how i do it i go bye